Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this live. We got cut off there a little bit, but let's go ahead and get started. Uh, each month on Liberty and the Law, we discuss different components of the legal system and share some examples of various laws and how they might impact you. Uh, in many cases, our featured guest, Attorney James Dore of Lavelle Law, will, will advocate for the rights of the individual. And as an experienced defense attorney, James is a, a staunch supporter of individual rights and constitutional protections thereof. Today, we're going to take a look at some laws that are designed to protect individuals who maybe cannot protect themselves, namely minors, and look at some laws that, as adults, we need to be conscious of. Um, so a different perspective. Good afternoon, James. This one should be fun to talk about. Hey, Jim. Yeah, it's good to, good to talk with you again. And uh, I can hear you, so I think our show is going on as normal. <laughs> good, good. Uh, so the focus today uh, you know, is on laws involving children and automobiles and, and various uh, safety concerns to protect them. So let's start with one that always kind of makes me shudder when you hear about it on the news, which is usually the extreme cases, and that's leaving children unattended in a car. Um, what does the um, current Illinois statute cover in this regard? Right, right. Well, you can see why it, the legislature would want to get involved because of the perceived in the public safety interest in protecting children. So um, they, in response to, you know, uh, events that happen in the news and things that become, you know, uh, Get bad press, I guess you'd say. Legislatures come in and enacted certain things to try to protect children um, as it relates to being in, in motor vehicles. Okay, um, and like you, you, we just mentioned, the um, the leaving a, chil- a child unattended in a vehicle that comes under the endangering the life or health of a child. All right, so it, you could tell by the title of that the legislature takes that kind of thing very seriously. Yeah. And, and when we talk about that, what, what age are we talking about in terms of the protections offered for children? Well, we're looking at, at, at six years old to be the, the age for when a child um, that being left unattended in a vehicle would be a problem, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so six years of age or younger, all right? So um, at seven or older, I guess it takes you a little bit out of the statute, but at, at six years or younger is where um, leaving the child unattended in that motor vehicle um presents the problem and when the statute you know does it in how statutes normally do they define certain things so unattended does have a definition under the statute Mm -hmm. and that's what i want to get into because uh certainly as i said you know the news will mention extreme cases and that um, that certainly makes sense but you know i said i used my example as at the dry cleaner just a week or two ago and uh, uh as i was in a woman came in and she kind of stood by the door and uh, looked out once or twice, and as I walked out, she opened the door and kind of stepped out. She said, oh, my, my kid's out in the car, and I just wanted to keep an eye on him while I was getting the dry cleaning. So, you know, clearly that woman was uh, running in for a quick stop. I mean, is that the kind of situation that, you know, the law is going to look at, or is this uh, sort of a, a black-and-white law? 
Well, that's the thing. If you make it too black and white, then you're going to have problems. Or otherwise, law-abiding uh, citizens are going to be caught up in this, you know, the, this prosecution of these kind of offenses, and you're going to be making criminals out of people that weren't otherwise predisposed to commit any kind of crime. So mm -hmm. there's some reasonableness built into the statute, and I think um, when we discussed that um, the dry cleaner before, I was a, that's a great example of you know how does this fit under the statute? Is that lawful behavior or not? And um, when you look at what unattended means under the statute, um, if the the child is in uh, in the car alone, um, mm -hmm. it, it, well, I guess it comes down to whether or not the child is with somebody else. So unattended could be somebody 14 years old, uh, 14 years of age or older, being with that child. So if you have a 14 year old child that you leave with your other child in the car, that's mm -hmm. okay. Or um, if you're in the line of sight, which I think is, is a key to this. Um, so um, this comes down to, I know it's a little confusing here, but the, they have a, a standard that's a trier of fact, so that means the judge or jury may infer. So okay. we can infer that a child six years of age or younger is left unattended if that child's left alone in a motor vehicle for more than 10 minutes, all right? Um, okay. But it does kind of build into that, that, that 10 minutes and whether or not you can actually see the child. So... In your scenario there, when um, when that lady at the dry cleaners had opened the door to look out in that line of sight, checking on your child, I think makes it proper under the statute. Now, when we talk about this, these cases, and again, as you said, we can kind of uh, dissect it a lot of different ways, but just, just sort of stick with the letter of the law. Let's talk about the penalty or consequence involved. If someone is found in violation of this, what, what kind of... Um, um, treatment are they going to get from the court then? Well, the, it, this is a, actually pretty serious. It, 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 the first offense is a Class A misdemeanor. So, you know, a lot of other things like, say, uh, in, a, in a, a child restraint scenario, say you, you didn't have your child properly seat belted, well, that would be a petty offense, a first offense, and, and a $75 fine to start with. And there's also provisions to get around that with taking a training program. But the fact that, you know, when the car is, is sitting still, it's not just like it's not just a, sta a seatbelt statute. Now it becomes endangering the life or health of that child. So um, it's a more serious, much more serious offense in that it's a Class A misdemeanor, punishable by 364 days in jail or a $2,500 fine or both. Um, and it can actually be enhanced to a felony with a second or, or subsequent violation. So statute um, is serious, and the legislature fully mm -hmm. intended it to be so. And um, now, correct me if I'm wrong here, was there a, a previous law of this sort, previous statute that had been kind of shot down as being unconstitutional because of the way it was written, um, and this is uh, the new statute has replaced the previous one? I think, yeah, it was based on a, on a case law that came, that came out, so a case that, that involved, actually involved a, a pretty serious, uh, you know, it was first-degree murder along with this other stuff. So there's other statutes involved, or other crimes involved. But the uh, it was a, uh, People v. Jordan was a decision in 2006, and it found that there was a, a um, impermissible presumption in the old law. So the old law had a presumption that the uh, uh, child left alone for 10 minutes. It was presumed that that was um, uh, a violation, and it was a rebuttable mm -hmm. presumption. But it was still a presumption against a defendant under the law, which was deemed a, a due process violation the way it was worded. So they changed the statute here now in response to that case, and that's why that language I just read to you, that a, tri a trier of fact may infer. 
So they okay. substituted that language for the presumption. So, um, you know, the inference is there that if a child is left unattended for more than 10 minutes, you know, the trier fact may infer that that's a violation. Doesn't necessarily, you know, have to find that that's a violation, but that is. So again, that's that kind of gray area that leaves, yeah. um, you know, room under the law for people to sort out everyday things like dry cleaners or you know, getting gas or you know things like that. So um, yeah. again, I think if you look at the at the parents and the parents' actions, you know, getting stopping at a dry cleaner or getting gas, everybody can understand that those are day day to day kind of things. Um, I'd say if your car is parked in front of a liquor store for more than 10 minutes or a bar, that may be a different story. So that's, it's one of those things. Be careful where, you know, the, where this happens uh, under the eyes of the, uh, the trier of fact is, can be important too. Interesting. All right. Now, for those who, uh, who are listening to the podcast today, if, if you have visited LavelleLaw.com, um, you, you've seen a great deal of content. If you haven't, let me recommend you to do that. You can find Attorney James Doerr's profile there, um, along with our full collection of past episodes of Liberty and the Law. And um, topics like this are also covered in a number of articles that James has produced and uh, touches on a lot of different uh, defense scenarios and, and criminal charges, and um, you get a very good view of some of the uh, different things in, in the laws today. Um, I don't know if you've had a really chance to even deal with cases like this, but as you were just saying, James, with the, with the new statute, the way it's written, and, and the inference of da- endangerment. If you if you were to encounter this, um, you know, how do you start to build a defense? You look at the conditions, you look at past uh, history of the parents, the location. Uh, what might you tackle first? Well, sure. Um, well, let's say this is coming in a door. First, I want to see the ticket or the complaint, whatever was issued to the defendant, the charging document. That's going to be my starting point of how do I defend this? What's the person accused of? Well, that's where we start with. Um, then I always interview my client. I'm going to want to find out, okay, what happened here? Because I'm going to get the first version of the story is going to come from my client. And the one I want to go with is, you know, I want to hear the, the first facts I'm going to get is from my client. So this is where I start you know, building that defense. So we'll do the interview and find out, you know, was this at a dry cleaner or at a school or what was the circumstance that led to this, you know. Um, and we're going to look at that 10-minute gap pretty pretty mm-hmm. focused. Uh, we're going to focus on that. So, um, you know, what was that person in a, in, a, in a line of sight, such as, you know, at the dry cleaner? You know, I would argue that every time that that lady stepped out of the dry cleaner to look at the car, it started that 10-minute clock running again. So, you know, that, that, that child, once you look at, you know, once you have that line of sight and verify my child is okay, you know, that child is, no, is not unattended at that point. That child is, has been, you know, well-being has been checked. So at that point, I would say another 10-minute clock starts. So that would be something I'd want to know. Who's, who's doing this 10-minute count? Is, it, is the person doing the calculation of the 10 minutes? Can they see the, the, the mother stepping out of that dry cleaner to look at the vehicle? Oh, I'm going to want to know that because we're going to, again, that's where our defense comes in. And, you know, things like videotapes may come in. You never know. There's, there could be video units that would show um, exactly what that lady said. So just put, just plugging, you know, that scenario into, you know, how does this work in the real world, you can see the kind of defenses we'd be trying to um, to trying to build and, and establish facts so we can establish that in court. So we're going to look to yeah. find any, you know, uh, you would be a, a witness. So I could subpoena you to court as a witness to this lady right. that's checking on the well-being of her children. So, again, it's, you know, just, just you can see the kind of things that we sure. would look for trying to build a defense. 
Now, I've got a couple minutes left with you, and I want to just switch gears quickly because there's another thing that comes up from time to time when we're talking about kids and cars, and that's the regulations around car seats. Now, I don't want to talk about the specific requirements, but can you explain in, in terms of the general application of the law and what parents need to be aware of? Uh, kids got to be in car seats that are appropriate, so either a, a, a safety seat or, um, depending on the age of the child, in a seat belt with a booster seat. So um, the, re the child restraint has to be appropriate to the age and size of the child. Um, I think that's one of, one of the keys there. And the, the best thing that the state offers is you can go and see a technician to have your child safety um, seat um, checked and make sure not only that it's it's up to date and in, in, in a current safe seat itself, but the fact mm -hmm. that also that they will check that it's installed correctly and you know how to use that seat. So that's, that technician's important because it can actually, if you're cited for not having your child in, in the proper uh, safety restraint, you can go and see one of these technicians, show them the ticket you got, um, and take the course and bring that paperwork back to court with you and show it to the judge, and they'll help you with that ticket. And in terms of someone getting a ticket for this, is this something that police would actually make a stop for if they see a vehicle go by that looks out of line to them, or is this something that would normally come up if they were stopping a driver for something else and then made the observation? It can come up. It can, there can be a stop based on that, and there's some case law in Illinois where um, an officer made a stop thinking the child was less than six years of age and, and not properly in a child seat. And it turned out the kid was was actually six and a half years of age, so the prop was the stop was improper, um, factually, but the court upheld it. So, in um, the subsequent other crimes that came along with the stop of that vehicle, so I would say the police officers have a, have a um, uh, the discretion on the statute to make stops based solely on that. And is this the point you referenced earlier in terms of this just being I don't want to say minor, but a uh, uh, what I think you said a seventy-five dollar fine is this the the thing that would uh, fall under that in that group category? Right. This would be that 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 would be the the petty offense for a first time. Um, I think the second time goes up to two hundred dollars, but there would be no uh, supervision available, court supervision. So you'd be looking at a conviction. Uh, but yeah, it's it's less of a it's certainly less. It's not a class A misdemeanor. It's certainly not on the first one or two of them. Um, but again, it is also built in the statute. I think they're encouraging safety and checking these seats, not necessarily to punish parents for, you know, not properly belting their children. Mm -hmm. So I think that they, mm -hmm. they allow that. Go see a technician. They can even get you out of this ticket if you, if you double-check the safety of what you're using for your child. Uh, well, quite a bit of ground that we've been able to cover today with Attorney James Dorr. Many thanks to... Uh, him for making the time, as he always does each month here on Liberty and the Law. So uh, very much appreciate his time and his input on all of this. Uh, send, uh, send yourself over to LavelleLaw.com if you have a few minutes, or reach out to James directly at 847-705-7555 um, to get uh, direct conversation with him. Or, as I said, LavelleLaw.com, articles, podcasts, and videos. And, of course, uh, we'll be back with another edition of Liberty and the Law each month. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.